All right, everyone. Welcome to Toasty Kettle Today. My name is James. I'm your host. And today we're going to take a trip to Buffalo to talk about the buffalo chicken wing. Before we do that, I want to remind you all to check out ToastyKettle.com. That's where you can check out more about the recipes that I post. I cook a lot of recipes from the 1700s, 1800s, and early 1900s. So if you have an interest in food history, feel free to check that out. Again, ToastyKettle.com. Today's interview is with Matt Reynolds, and he was the director for The Great Chicken Wing Hunt. And that's a documentary all about chicken wings in the Buffalo area. And now for our interview with Matt. Cool. All right. Well, thank you for thank you for uh, doing this. I'm pleased that you're interested in the film. Yeah. No, it was a fantastic film. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Yeah. Yeah. My favorite I was the. About uh, it in a while. It'll be interesting yeah. to go down memory lane. Yeah. <laughs> my favorite was the uh, the older gentleman that was just marking tens on everything as he was going along. <laughs> Al. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was great. So, uh, yeah, I want to thank you for being on the show and talk sure, about some pleasure. wings. <laughs> yeah. So what started your obsession with wings? Jeez. So uh, I grew up in the area that in the film we call it the wing belt, but the area of New York State where wings were really popular early. So, I mean, I guess Buffalo was the ground zero, right? But then Syracuse, Rochester, a little east of Buffalo in New York State, wings were already very, very popular in the late 70s, early 80s. So I was just kind of born into that world where wings were were and were becoming even more popular. So you could get them like at every pizza place, every bar had a wing night. Um, and uh, I just love them. They were like the first food. I say this in the movie, I think the first food that I really loved as a child, like the first food that I really was obsessed with and fell in love with and I wanted to eat all the time. Um, when I would go to college, when I went to college, I made wings for my friends who were not all from, mostly not from New York state. And then when I lived overseas for a long time, I, uh, would make wings for people over there who had never had Buffalo wings. So I was kind of, it was kind of a, a thing in my life that I would, uh, do, I was kind of an ambassador for wings. I would, uh, introduce wings to people who never had them, um, and just in the course of doing that and living in a lot of places, uh, I gradually had this idea start to form in my head that, that wings were spreading all over the world and that they were maybe one of the first, if not the first, purely American food to do that. Um, and I thought it would be an interesting story to tell. And also, uh, it was kind of a way for me to return home and explore my roots, um, too, which that was kind of the impetus for the film all of those things kind of together yeah yeah uh, so you know it's it's interesting you say that a lot of people think well we spread uh hamburgers or, or <laughs> french fries or mcdonald's or you know but yeah you you do the research and it's you know, other countries have had those forever right. <laughs> long before yeah, we ever yeah. did, you know and it's, it's not even like uh, I appreciate you backing up my point, but it's not it's not even like, um, you know, I mean, maybe you, you can make the case. Maybe there, there's some other foods. It's not it's not like uh, it matters to me so much to prove that point to people. But I just thought it was interesting when I had that thought. And then I looked more into it. And you're right. I mean, I, I haven't found an example. Um, I mean, pizza kind of has its roots in Italy. Hamburgers 
are from Germany originally, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Hot dogs are just like a form of sausage, which, you know, the Europeans have had forever. Um, so, yeah, it is interesting. And, and, of course, like there's a certain irony in that, right, because the wings are like considered a lowbrow food. So, like, um, that kind of set an ironic tone for the film. Like, you know, people going on a quest to find the best of something, but it's a lowbrow food that you don't normally typically think of as, you know, you, the word cuisine doesn't normally cover. Right. You know, that's not the first thing we think of foods like Buffalo wings. Yeah. So there's also a certain kind of irony to it that appealed to me. Yeah. No, yeah. I think, I, I think that's spot on. You know, when I think of wings, like you said, I think of, of bar food or Super Bowl or, you know, something like mm-hmm. that. I'm, I'm not thinking about like a, a five-star French restaurant or you know, it's not, it, it has that different, uh, that different connotation mm-hmm. to it than yeah. other foods. What would you say is your earliest memory eating wings? I remember being a kid. I remember my, I remember eating them at a really young age, maybe four or five, six. And, um, people being amazed that I would eat them hot. The kid that age would like hot wings. And I remember my, my aunt used to call me a masochist and I didn't like first time she used that word. I didn't know what it meant. Um, <laughs> and I think I probably liked that. Like I definitely liked the wings. It was genuine, but I probably also liked the attention of being a little kid who ate really, really hot wings and was into sauces. And, um, I remember my dad's friend who was a chef, we had a bet that, that he couldn't make uh, 10 wings that were so hot that I couldn't eat them. And I, I won that bet. Oh, like, like maybe he was kind of going easy on me. I was like five or six or something. Um, but it was kind of it was kind of in the air at that time. This kind of uh, idea of uh, people being into seeing how hot they could they could eat wings, you know, hotter and hotter, and guys, especially guys being into that. But it was also it was before the age of like extracts and the internet where we had things like ghost peppers and like the artificial extracts. It was all like naturally done heat, mm-hmm. um, which to this day, like I really, like I see, I still see a distinction between that. Like if you eat a, like a really hot, hot sauce made with fresh peppers, uh, that some guy in some bar in some little town has just kind of thought of this recipe himself. I still really like that. Even if it's very, very, very hot, you know, um, and I don't like the extract-based sauces too much where it's just like – it's just kind of silly. It's just like you might as well just punch yourself in the face. You know, it's like it doesn't <laughs> really taste like anything. It has that kind of metallic artificial taste to it, and it just kind of hurts. And like, you know, that was really never the point. But back in the day of – in the early days of Wings, that wasn't even really an option. So there was kind of a masochistic kind of a macho component to it, but – you know, we all really like the flavor too at the same time, you know? Right. Right. Yeah. So let's, let's talk about the early days. When did they start? Cause when I'm doing research on it, there, there's some controversy over who did it first and yeah. what, what would you say? There is an article in the New Yorker in the seventies that talks about the origins of wing and how even, so 64 was when they were invented and there's general agreement on that. There's general agreement that it happened at the Anchor Bar in Buffalo. There was a guy in Buffalo who claimed to have been selling wings earlier, but I think he was an outlier in his recipe. Like he had a chicken wing that was not cut in half and that was more like a barbecue sauce. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So I think he was selling wings as part of selling barbecue in general. And it was unusual at that point to be selling wings. They were usually thrown away or used for food. But I, I don't think he has a very strong claim because that 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 is not what we think of as a buffalo wing. So what we think of as buffalo wings, there's general agreement that they were invented in 64 at this place called the Anchor Bar, which despite the name was actually kind of a it wasn't fancy, but it was a it was an Italian restaurant. It was kind of a mid scale kind of place. Um, good food, though, known for having really good food. Um, and this, the owners were the Bellissimos, and the um, the mother. I guess I'm just jumping into the story. So this is the version of the story we'll tell you in the, uh, we tell in the film. So they got a case of wings, like a, a big a big case of wings from the distributor. She had wanted, I guess, chicken parts. And, um, she was like, what am I going to do with all these wings? Her husband said, make soup. She said, how am I going to make soup with all these wings? I I don't need that much soup. Um, and they had a fight about it, I guess, because he wanted to use the wings because he didn't want to make a stink. She wanted to send them back to the distributor. So having, and I guess she was a real pistol. You you get a sense of it in the movie, but I guess she was a real, (laughs) the one guy, I don't, know if it, I don't think it's in the movie, actually, but one, the one guy who talks about her says, she said the F word like you say hello, is what he said, <laughs> the old Italian guy. So uh, when people tell this story, they're imagining in their heads a lot of F words, I think, because people always kind of laugh when telling the story. But So she's mad at her husband, goes to bed, can't sleep, wakes up, goes down to the kitchen at four in the morning and invents buffalo wings, takes some uh, Louisiana uh, cayenne pepper sauce, it was then called jerkies. It was called Durkies through the 80s. Then Frank's bought it, and now it's called Frank's. Um, mixed it with butter, uh, fried the wings, cut the wings in half, served it with celery and blue cheese. She really liked it, so she uh, made them for her son's friends, and they really loved them. And then she started putting them on the bar, and then it was like the rest was history kind of situation. Yeah, um, They were from Sicily, which explains why they would have been interested in spicy like a lot of places in italy they don't really do spicy sure um so that's 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 the story we tell in the film that's the story that um makes the most uh sense to me um and i think is the most credible i don't know if you want to get into the whole weeds of it there's an alternate story where uh her son was at the bar with his friends and they were like, mom, can you make us something? And it was late and there were some wings sitting there and she made the, 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 she did, you know, what became the recipe and they loved them. And then they started making them for the restaurant. Um, I found newspaper articles where Teresa's husband was telling a version of the first story. There's a version of the first story in the New Yorker article over time. It seemed like in the eighties and nineties, the second story as her son took over the business after they died became the story and i'm not saying he was like lying i i bet he's just his memory of it was different but mm-hmm. i could kind of see how the first story was the legit story and over time he may have just remembered it differently i can't really see how if his story meaning he and his friends were just at the bar and his mom whipped them up something if that was the real story why multiple independent sources would have invented the story about her getting the case and the argument like it seems to me, his story—you, you—he could have just forgotten the other details, and his story just kind of remains. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't see why people would have just invented her story, you know, or the, the story about her getting the case and the fight and all that stuff. So. Right. Um, 
So that's the story we went with in the film. Right. Why, why Buffalo? I mean, you know, America's a big place and chicken's a, a big meat that's consumed. You would yeah. think that this would have happened at some point sooner or in different locations or was it only in Buffalo that this was happening initially? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I've asked, I didn't, no one really had a good theory of the people. I put this question to a lot of people. Is it just a fluke or was there something about Buffalo that um, either uh, contributed to the circumstances that led to the birth of the, of the wing or that the people in Buffalo were uniquely like somehow positioned to like receive it and appreciate it once it had been born? You know, I think it is like it is a bar kind of culture. It's like a working class town that likes its bar food. So I, I think there's that. Um, but there's no real special connection to chicken or even to spicy food, I don't think, until the wing arrived. So I think you would have to say it was probably a fluke, probably a fluke, except for after it was born. I think, like I said, maybe because it, there's, there's a real kind of working class bar culture in that place um, right. that they would have, it was primed for the wing to kind of explode in popularity. But I got, you know, it could have happened in Cleveland or Pittsburgh or, you know, any number of places probably. When, when it comes to a wing, what would you say is the proper way to prepare a wing? And I mean, you have all these chains out now and they have all sorts of variations, different sauces, different flavors, what would you say is a true, what you would consider a true Buffalo hot wing? Well, it's interesting that you ask, because in the movie, um, we actually face this question. So the, the, the traditional recipe, it's not rocket science. It's uh, a deep fried, unbreaded chicken wing cut in half with the tip discarded um, and served with a mixture of cayenne pepper sauce and butter. I hate to say it because I, I don't want to make a, a commercial for Frank's, but Frank's actually has a proprietary pepper. So you really can taste it if somebody uses a different sauce. There are like various generics. But so the real true buffalo flavor is actually from Frank's hot sauce. I mean, you can get close with imitators, but actually it's like Tabasco. They actually grow their own peppers and they right. have a proprietary pepper. So, um, that's the base, and then you can add stuff to it. And then it's kind of an open open question as to uh, once you start adding stuff, when do you get so far away from a buffalo wing that's no longer a buffalo wing? But I would, so, but I would say anything with a Frank's base or a cayenne pepper base uh, with butter and with additional flavors that don't take the overall flavor in such a radical new direction that you can barely recognize the original flavor, which is a subjective criteria, but... Um, I would say that as a buffalo wing. So I wouldn't say like, not just any hot wing as a buffalo wing, right? You know, and of course now there's many, many different kinds of wings that are not even hot. That mm -hmm. you know, there's um, garlic parmesan and uh, you know, uh, honey mustard. And I haven't been in the wing world actually. I made the film, and I've actually kind of been out of it for now for a few years. Sure. <laughs> so all the vocabulary isn't at the tip Less of my tongue. Lots changed. <laughs> but yeah, but um, uh. Yeah, it is amazing now how many flavors there were. You know that, that didn't. Although I will say this, I I like trying the new flavors. I have tr tried many many types of wings, obviously, and many many ones I like. But I always come back to buffalo wings. 
You know, I, I've never like if I I never like I've tried a honey mustard wing I love, but I wouldn't want to eat those twenty times a year. You know, mm-hmm. whereas mm-hmm. buffalo wings, I you know I, I I can and do want them once a week. You know, yeah. There's something so, gimmicky about a lot of other sauces where you like them. You know, it's they're fun to try. It's good to have one or two of them, but um, there is there really is something about the confluence of all of the flavors in a buffalo wing. Yeah. And that's when, you know, in the in the film, I thought that was some interesting drama and controversy with the one where they had blended everything together, the the blue cheese, yeah. the celery, and then mixed it with the cayenne sauce and then threw it on the on the wings there. Yeah, that was it's there's a moment in the film where we're trying to figure out if this wing is a buffalo wing. To me it was pretty clear that it was, especially because the the ingredients that were added were part of the overall buffalo wing experience anyway. Salt and blue cheese blended into the sauce. But yeah, it was funny. It was funny too that the the people that weren't from the Buffalo area, broadly speaking, the Buffalo area, um, were the ones that were like initially sticklers about, you know, only Franks and butter. And the and the people who were from that area were like, well, no, you can add things. You can, you know, there's you can experiment. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, we had a really kind of a, a funny but also kind of dramatic debate about it in the film. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> no, it was good. It was some natural drama that you could uh, you could add at the end there, which was it was fantastic. Yeah. It was well done. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I've gone through a phase where I lately I've been trying to cook things at home that I would normally get at a restaurant, right? And, uh, so with wings, do you feel like that's something that's relatively easy to do at home better than what you would get at a restaurant? Or are you better off just going off and, and getting some? It's a good question. I, I would say, I guess it depends on your restaurants. I would say there is something nice about getting wings. Wings are like, I've actually never quantified it, but I think they're, they're best at about like somewhere between like five and 10 minutes out of the deep fryer. So if you get takeout, you're not you're oftentimes not getting them at their best. But if you're eating them right at the bar, you can, in theory, be getting them at their best. So if you have a good place that's using fresh wings, that's important because a lot of places use frozen wings, that is doing something more with their sauce than just franks and butter, adding some fresh peppers or garlic or you know I like the places where you have some guy in the back has got a pot of sauce that he makes every week and he uses fresh ingredients. So if you have that. Um, and it's good, you're probably not going to get much better at home. Mm-hmm. But a lot of places, a lot of bars are just using Franks and butter. They're not being creative with their sauces and they're using frozen wings and they're not changing their oil often enough. So I guess it just depends on the places that you're going to. Um, the thing about cooking wings is it's, it's easy, but it's very messy. So uh, if you, it requires a deep fryer to do them exactly right. Um, and, uh, that requires a lot of oil, and then that makes your kitchen kind of stink for a few days, and then you have to dispose of all the oil. Mm-hmm. Um, you can do it outside if you have an outlet outside and it's warm out where you live. Um, that's really the only hard part of it, I think, is dealing with the cleanup of the oil. Um, the sauce, you know, t- t- I have a recipe online you can see on our website. Um, takes about takes me about 20 minutes to cook. I put in a lot of fr- fresh peppers, so the mm-hmm. chopping takes a while, and I put a little Quite a bit of garlic in my sauce too. I don't know. It's not a real convenient food to cook just on a weekday night if you want to cook for yourself. It's a very fun food to cook at a party. I'm not actually totally sure why, but wing parties tend to 
it almost has the effect of alcohol and kind of like loosening everybody up. (laughs) The spice somehow I think does it and the communal nature of eating something off a bone with other people and um, the fact that they kind of come out in waves and batches, you know, Mm -hmm. people get all excited, they run over and then there's the next batch 20 minutes later and they people get excited and they run over. But I've had a a lot of luck having wing parties and they seem, seems to somehow create a certain atmosphere. One question that I've had bouncing around. So mm-hmm. wings have, from what I can observe, they've kind of really been exploding lately in popularity. You, you, know, you walk down the store aisle, you see all sorts of wings in the freezer. You see them in restaurants. You see them advertised all Utah, over. Where, uh-huh. we're talking about. Yeah, yeah. That's interesting because in, in New York State, they, like, they reached a point probably around the time we shot this film five or 10 years ago when we started working on it that they couldn't really, I mean, they couldn't really get any more popular. Mm-hmm. So they've just kind mm-hmm. of plateaued for a long time, but there's, so it's interesting. So still growing in popularity. Yeah. Now. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. you're starting to see some independent shops pop up. Not, mm-hmm. I mean, we've had chains pop up like Buffalo wild mm-hmm. wings and things like that. But, um, you know, I think about barbecue with brisket brisket used to be, dirt cheap because no one really knew what to do with it and it was kind of hard and difficult and now brisket can be fairly expensive when you go to the store and try and buy it Mm -hmm. and i've noticed the same thing with chicken wings you know Mm -hmm. five ten years ago and get them for 79 cents to a dollar a pound now i go they're Mm -hmm. two to three dollars a pound which Mm -hmm. i think is really (laughs) really expensive and more than that you know i mean so when in 64 they would give them away yeah nobody wanted them and when I was a kid in the 80s, um, it was still five cent, 10 cent wing nights. Or, you know, you go get a dozen wings for $2. Now it's like they sell them. And at some point, they start stop selling as a dozen. They start selling as 10, right? I think to save money a lot of places. <laughs> now it's like, I don't know, even know what, you know, eight or nine dollars for 10, right? And it used yeah. to be $2 for a dozen not that long ago. Um, and uh, somebody told me, I've never verified this independently, that uh, the actually the, the the prices of the rest of the chicken have actually come down because they raise wings. They raise chickens just for the wings now. Yeah. So the price of every other part of the chicken has actually dropped in the past ten to twenty years, but while well, the price of the wing has gone up. Um, no, I'm sorry, I can, you were into a question. I interrupted you. No, I I think that's that's exactly it. Like, yeah. um, you notice other parts of the chicken, it's either come down or remained fairly stable. It hasn't increased like like wings have mm-hmm. um but uh but would you say that that's something that's due to the increase in popularity or is that just you know chicken growers realize they've got something now they can sell and they're going to make money on it oh i think it's popularity it's just it's the demand i think there's just the demand is, is so high i think they're just having a hard time keeping up for sure yeah yeah so, something else you said stuff that stuff jumped out at me too so where you live, is it you get wings at a wing place that's like a specialty place, or do you just get them from your local bar? No. So all the bars, obviously, they're going to have them. I think a lot of people equate you know, wings with bars and bar food yeah. and, and all that. But, mm-hmm. um, but yeah, there are actually some specialty places that are set up that all they do are, are wings mm-hmm. and, uh, and kind of like a, a – kind of like a Buffalo wild wings where that's the focus right. of, of well, like, the maybe like a lower, like a local or regional place. Yeah. 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 Not, yeah. A, not a chain on there. Yeah. It's interesting for a long time in up in New York, we didn't have that. 
I mean, we do now have Buffalo Wild Wings, but um, we don't have too much of that because every single bar and every single every single pizza place out here has wings too. That was like in the '80s, the pizza places adopted wings, so any pizza place also has wings. So mm-hmm. we don't we don't have too many places that just do wings. With uh, with Buffalo Wild Wings, because I think a lot of people that's something that's fairly accessible to them, <laughs> you know. How would you say their wings would stack up to what you would find out in in Buffalo in some of those bars or, or pizza places? You know, um, Buffalo Wild Wings, um, I think are pretty good. You know, I've had uh, I've only been there like two or three times, but I, it wasn't like they were like you know, it's not like um, you know, like the drop off from a good bar hamburger to like McDonald's is like really big, right? Mm-hmm. But Buffalo Wild Wings are good. I mean, they're not that much because it is such a simple recipe, right? I think I think the only I think the place I think the 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 ways in which a local place can still be better than a chain is that somebody who really cares is getting really high quality um, chicken from a distributor, big but not too big wings. I don't know. I assume Buffalo Wild Wings uses fresh wings, not frozen wings, but that's important. Um, is changing the the oil often enough? And then most important, probably the most important factor in, in wings in general is sauce. So the other stuff you just kind of you have to do it right to give you the opportunity to create a good wing. <laughs> but what makes a wing great is the sauce, right? And so the chains where they run into um, Problem is too strong a word, but where they're limited is uh, that they don't use fresh ingredients, right? They're using everything mm-hmm. out of a bottle. So mm-hmm. a restaurant that's that can use, you know, is using fresh butter and fresh peppers and you know other things. But that said, a lot of the, a lot of bars are just using sauce out of a bottle too. Um, right. So we're really going into the weeds of, of chicken wings, but so I think <laughs> the, the drop off is not that, um, you know, it's not that big probably in most cases. But then you you find the rare case where you get a little bar in Buffalo or Rochester or Syracuse, and there's lots of them actually in these cities with, you know, some guy in the back who just really cares and loves wings and is trying really hard, and you get these sauces that are just you know I think way better than what you can get you know from the bottled sauces. Yeah, I mean that was something that was really inspiring to me that stood out from watching the movie was watching all those, uh, those those chefs putting together, you know, fresh peppers and, and fresh mm-hmm. ingredients. And cause when I, when I think of wings and, and maybe this is why I've never really mm. enjoyed them a whole lot. It's just, mm. you, you get the wing, you fry it and then you slap some Franks on it and you're good to go. Mm-hmm. And, but then to see that they're adding more to it to kind of add yeah. depth of flavor and some nuances that you wouldn't necessarily get otherwise that, that was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, it's really, I think it's really cool too, because it's a world of like, you know, people who are like typically in any field who are innovators, there's like no matter how pure their interest in, in whatever their field is, there's also the incentive for money, for glory, for achievement. And the <laughs> the wing innovators are just like dudes that are making like probably fifteen, twenty dollars an hour in the back of the kitchen in a bar, you know? Mm-hmm. At least the ones, you know, in the movie and the you know, I, I guess there's people who work for Buffalo Wild Wings who are making new sauces. But, you know, so what we're talking about, there's really kind of a purity to it because the people in the film didn't know I was going to come along and make this film. You know, I mean, the one guy in the film made 100 different kind of wing recipes. 
just because he likes to cook and was interested in it, you yeah. know, and had not, as far as I know, ever, you know, that was not even something that was noted in the restaurant or no, no one had ever made a big deal about it. You know, he just yeah. did it. And I thought that was really cool discovering those, those guys and those stories. It definitely was something that I enjoyed watching as well. Just that, that purity of, you know, they're doing mm-hmm. it not because they're getting rich off it. They're doing it because they love it and they have a passion for it. Yeah. Well, great. Well, I think that's, I think that's where we'll, we'll leave it for today. And before we go, tell us a little bit about the movie and where people can find it. Cause I thought it was great and I oh, highly recommend you. it. <laughs> thank you. So yeah, thank you. I, I'm, I haven't thought about it in a while, but thank you. I'm proud of it. It was, it was, you know, I, I, I it was a, it's a quirky little film. That's like, I, I, what I proud, most proud of it probably is that it's not really quite like any other film, I think. Um, yeah. but anyway, so you can, um, it's, it's, it's about, uh, what we've talked about It's about the history of the wing, but as told through this, um, journey by, um, eight people who go on this quest to find the world's best Buffalo wing led by me. I, I quit my job in Europe. I was a journalist in Europe to come back to the U S to go on this trip and to lead this, the movie's called the great chick wing hunt to lead the hunt for the world's best Buffalo wing. Uh, along the way, we learn about the history of wings. Um, we delve into the lives of the characters, me, why I went away, why I'm coming home, kind of uh, the history of the region a little bit, how uh, one of the this none of this stuff is real heavy in the movie, but one of the aspects of the film is how this, you know, this economically depressed kind of downtrodden region kind of created this amazing thing, you know, the buffalo wings. Um, and like I said, there's there's a lot of there's a kind of a healthy dose of irony to the movie. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, there's a romantic subplot with my girlfriend who I kind of drag on the trip. Um, <laughs> so it's a, I think it's a funny movie. It tries to be, it aspires to be a funny movie, but also have some real depth to it. Um, you kind of really get to know the characters, I think, and care about them by the end. And, and, the, and the two people that end up vying for the title of the world's best Buffalo wing, I think are pretty likable, interesting people. It's 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 only seventy five or eighty minutes. It's so it's a pretty t- tight uh, documentary, uh, and it is now on Amazon Prime. So you can see it for free if you have an Amazon Prime membership, and you can rent it uh, for three or four bucks in all the usual places. Yeah, yeah. Well, great. Well, Matt, sorry I think that this was, was a very verbose. Uh, <laughs> no, <laughs> I love it. It's it's been a pleasure. It's it, it yeah. was definitely worth the wait, and I'm glad we could uh, we could connect and make this work. Cool. Thank you. It was my pleasure. It was, it was good to be on the show and to talk about it. Well, I hope you enjoyed that interview with Matt. I definitely had a great time talking with him. And seriously, the documentary is definitely worth the watch. I had a great time watching it. thought it was really funny and very well done. So this week in the kitchen, I really had quite the adventure with a sweet wafer recipe from 1881. And with this recipe, at the end of the recipe, in the original recipe, she says that you can roll the cookie around a fork while it's still warm. And when I saw that this is going to be something that cooks out thin and was incredibly pliable, I immediately thought ice cream cone oh my goodness, this is going to be a great recipe for ice cream cones. And uh, and it, it looked like it had a lot of unique flavors in there. It had orange zest, it had cinnamon, and 
I was thinking, man, if, if I can make this into an ice cream cone, this would be one of the best ice cream cones I've probably ever had. It would have a lot of great flavors that really would complement the ice cream. So I started cooking the recipe, and, and the first thing that became very apparent in the mixer is that there is way too much flour in the original recipe. That made it very difficult to get it to even stick together. So I had to end up adding another egg and then rolling it out, cutting it, and everything. So the original recipe, just adding another egg to it, and um, or you could add a little water, something that adds a little bit more liquid to tighten it all together, it, it actually made a dough that you could roll out and then you could roll into an ice cream cone when it came out as long as you didn't cook it too long in the oven and as long as it was still pliable the problem was the taste was not right because it had so much flour in it it kind of had a gritty fill in the mouth and it also tasted a lot like flour (laughs) to be honest so Immediately, I decided I'm going to rework this recipe. And then while I'm doing it, I'm going to try to get something that rolls into an ice cream cone a little bit easier. And uh, so I cut the flour, added vanilla, because I thought orange, vanilla, cinnamon, this is going to be amazing. And uh, started cooking it again. It came out a lot better. The flavor was spot on. My problem was still getting it to roll into an ice cream cone shape. And (laughs) this is just an example of me hyper-focusing on it. You know, viewing it as a cookie in and of itself, it was an amazing cookie. And there isn't anything I would change about that second work, uh, the second walkthrough on the recipe. But for an ice cream cone, I don't think it was a good recipe. So that being said, I still think the flavors are spot on to pair with ice cream. It just, it, it really had that feel to it that, I was thinking, man, this is really going to be amazing. So a couple things I thought of if you become as obsessed with it as I am and you want to use it with ice cream, then you can try cooking it uh, in a muffin tin. So you make these little ice cream bowls, ice cream cone bowls out of it. And it's not something that you would walk around the house, but putting it on a plate or putting it in a bowl and then putting ice cream in there, it's going to add some texture to the, to the ice cream experience and also some great flavors. Now, along those same lines, if you like just a delicious, solid, sweet, sugary, complex flavored cookie, then you're absolutely going to love it. it. It definitely is crispy and crunchy. And then the flavor is just spot on. Not too much orange, not too much cinnamon, and not too much vanilla. They all are just the perfect blend. So feel free to make it how I have updated the recipe online. That seemed to work pretty well for me. The dough was really delicate. And uh, so when I went to cut it and roll it like the original recipe, it was falling apart on me a little bit. But if the surface was floured really well and the rolling pin was floured really well, then you know, obviously you're working a little bit more flour into the dough. As I did that, I was able to get it thin and then bake it up in the oven. So this is a recipe that I would highly recommend checking out. It definitely was worth it in my book. It was worth reworking it and cooking it all again and taking the time to do that. I typically don't do that with these recipes. You know, I'll make it once and try to update it on the fly, but uh, this was definitely worth the rework on it. So I hope you enjoy it. If you like what you heard today, make sure you follow us on social media or on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at Toasty Kettle. You can also sign up for our newsletter online at ToastyKettle.com. You'll get a free 
vintage cookbook where I get a lot of these recipes from. It's a really good one and uh, it's, it's in PDF format so you can download it and use it on whatever device you would like. That's all I have for today. Hope you enjoyed the show and we'll see you next week. 